Brotherhood, multiplication, restoration. We are Sin Network. We're a family, planting churches together. Join us as we hear from leaders of this movement from across North America and discover what it really takes to plant churches everywhere for everyone. I am here with Ed Stetzer. I am excited to be on here with you, sir. How are you doing? Great to see you, Dahadi. Appreciate you doing this. Yeah, no, I appreciate you being able to get on and jump on. I know you're a busy man right now. You're talking a lot, you know, about what's going on all across the the, the world. You know, this pandemic that we had, COVID-19, you know, so I always, you know, we are a SIN network and you actually are at a SIN network church. So I you know, always want to get the practitioners, people who are practicing in the field, but at the same time, you know, experts in their area. And you are an expert when it comes to things like this research and, and specifically COVID-19 and the church's response. People are asking you a lot of questions. And so, I mean, what, where, where, where are we with everything? Yeah. And it is, I mean, and again, I'm, I'm not a medical professional. I have a doctorate, what my kids say, that's a doctor that doesn't help people like real doctors. And so I don't want it all, you know, as far as being an expert, I'm an expert on crisis. I've been doing, I've been a crisis management consultant for a while. And I think one of the things that, that we're seeing is, is that people are not uh, thinking rightly, I think about phases in the crisis. I think everyone's sort of assuming, I mean, you're there at Blueprint in the back. I love that. I love that building. You're there at Blueprint. And, you know, you guys probably did what everybody else did. We all got online the last two weeks. We're all trying to figure out when we get to meet again. That's not the crisis. Uh, the crisis is still coming. Where we are, I think it's really key for us to, to get a picture of where we are in the crisis matters how we respond in the crisis. And where we are in the crisis right now is actually here. So we are, let me see if I can share this. Um, okay. I think I was sharing it, but maybe it's yeah, not it's sharing. Sure. You are sharing? All right, let's see. Yeah. Are you seeing a graph? Good. All right, because yeah. I'm still seeing a picture of me and that ain't pretty. Uh, but if you look right down here, here's where we are today. This is cases without protective measures. This is cases with protective measures. But we're at the beginning of the crisis. And right now, what churches should be doing, and I think are doing, is phase one. Uh, they pause and pivot, right? So they're going to pause and pivot. That's what we all done. It's been 10 days we got another week and we're going to pause and pivot. But if you stay there, you are basically making it a crisis of church practices, not a crisis of community need. And so we need to start thinking in terms of phase two, how do we prepare and plan? Now, this PowerPoint I'm going through is available to everybody. Um, if they just go to Christianity Today, um, I'm trying to think of the easiest way to get to the article. It's just the article that I wrote on uh, this is not the crisis, it's called. This is not the crisis. And and so prepare and plan. You've got to prepare several things about best practices. Yeah, you're going to deal with corporate worship, giving, pastoral care. You're going to deal with all kinds of things that you're going to do with those things. And I've got suggestions for all that, all kinds of principles. But then you've got to start thinking in terms of what are your best missional practices that you need to be doing now in, in this phase when you're preparing. Remember, phase two that we're talking about is prepare and plan. And if all you're doing is taking care of your church and you're not asking questions about local homeless shelters, about how to communicate, even in sidewalk messaging, how to be a person of peace through social media, and then we're going to get to phase three. Now, phase three is the crisis. Phase two isn't even the crisis. So hmm. phase three right now, parts of New York are in. So I think later this week, we have a Brooklyn pastor in the middle of all of it who's going to be a Christian today with me, ask, answering some questions. In fact, we've done a whole podcast, like Matthew Barnett's in Los Angeles. He's with the Dream Centers, and they've got this, they got a hospital they built, very geared to the homeless. They're already in the crisis, so it's not true. And 
actually Thursday, we have a webinar with um, Christ Together that's uh, actually talking uh, about the church planners and pastors in Italy and Spain, and they're in the crisis. And let me just say too, by the way, that stuff like that, that partnership and some of the church planning resources were done, they're made possible through a partnership with the SEND Network, and the SEND Institute is a partnership there. Anyway, so phase three, engage and execute, but then phase four is recover and reemerge. And I'm convinced, Dottie, that what our SEND Network churches do now, what my SEND Network church does now, I'm going through this whole PowerPoint in depth with my uh, with our with our uh, High Point SEND uh, pastors this this week, uh, what we do now will determine how we recover and reemerge. Remember what Eusebius said in the fourth, about the fourth century plagues that Christians ministered to that, and then uh, the deeds of the Christians were on everyone's lips, and they glorified the God of the Christians. So that's ultimately what we're looking for: is at the end of this, the deeds of the Christians will be on everyone's lips, and they'll glorify the God of the Christians. So you know, outside of like when you talk about going into phase two and phase three, when the real crisis comes, how would you say for a pastor now to get there? And how long do we have to prepare for that? Depends on where you are. I mean, so New York, you're in full on, you know, it's, it's a four alarm fire. Um, so it depends on where you are, Washington state, um, where we are, we're still preparing. So churches in where, where I'm in Chicago, Western suburbs of Chicago, we're actually asking, okay, do we have our people taken care of? You know, the one and others of scripture are very clear. We want to take care of the, the widow, the uh, others. So that's the question we're asking. So we've got now, by now, if you don't have a phone tree up, you're behind the game. So get a phone tree up. Um, you know, my next door neighbors, I, I'm not, I went and visited all my neighbors. My next door neighbors, they're older. They're not older, they're old. And uh, they don't have internet. She said, I don't do those electronics. You know, and I'm thinking we didn't call them electronics since the 80s, but nevertheless, I know what she's saying. Um, so I got their phone number. We're so, so, so that's what you should be doing in your church. But when I talk to my neighbor, they're involved in a church, right? I knew that, but, but their church is connected. So how are your church people going to take care of? And here's a great way to do it. You got people in your church who have high risk factors that are really fine, right? So maybe a part a lung. Uh, we saw Rand Paul, uh, Senator tested positive and, and he talked about, you know, why he would gotten tests. He said he wasn't exposed to anybody, but he had a lung surgery. And so he's missing part of a lung. So he shouldn't be out and about. Neither should people in your church who have diabetes or, or other conditions. Guess what? They love Jesus. Tell them, here's all the people in the church. We want to have a phone call. We want to not miss or lose anybody in the midst of this. Okay. So that's, that's part of what you should be doing even now. Then that's the, that's the inner circle of your church. Then you might want to ask the question, what about the broader circle of our church? Go through the last year of people who visited your church. Put them on a list. Start calling them, caring for them. Then you need, a, you need a bigger plan about caring for your community. And Rick Warren talked about this in the podcast. We have a podcast uh, leading in the coronavirus crisis. People can find it at uh, coronavirusinthechurch.com, which is a partnership we do with Saddleback, Rick Warren, and the Humanitarian Disaster Institute. But if they listen to the podcast, Rick's podcast is really good. He says, we've already got partners. We're partnering with, and he listed like, I forget, like the school district, LA County. And your church can do the same thing. Call up and say, how can we help? And then um, what new programs do we need to start? Right? So it depends on what neighborhood you're in, right? So we're, um, our church, High Point, which is part of the, is High Point Send, part of the Send Network. Our Wheaton campus is actually right next to a huge apartment building of refugees. And we've always had refugee ministry there. Now we're asking quite, because all, all these people are now unemployed. I mean, anyone with low level jobs, which is not everybody in that apartment complex, but most of them, they're now unemployed. So how do we ramp up ministry? So we've started some drive-through, uh, we call it a care center, uh, drive-through care center. 
Um, you know, how are we, how are some church, churches right now are contacting hospitals and saying, uh, I'm going to publish an article on this today. How do we help your medical professionals? Because remember, everyone's out of school in a whole lot of places and medical professionals still have kids. So we're starting uh, Christian ministry daycares that are just for the medical professionals in this time. So a lot of those things, I want your community to say how indispensable Blueprint was, how indispensable High Point is, how indispensable all the Send Network churches are because they showed and share the love of Jesus in a time of crisis. I love what you're saying. I think this is an opportunity I oftentimes think about Colossians 4 when Paul is at praying that, you know, for opportunities to be able to present and to share the gospel and the COVID-19 virus is, um, has given us that opportunity to do that. What, what can we do as a um, network or what can uh, denominations do to organize churches and helping churches um, in this time, specifically on a corporate level? Yeah, so I think that's one of the values and the reasons of this kind of cooperation. I remember standing in the day auditorium in the North American Mission Board Chapel. I had a group of young multi-denominational pastors arrested the value of denomination. It was right during Katrina. And my team, I used to work at the North American Mission Board. My team was the data team, if you will. And we were tasked with geocoding where all the disaster relief units were. Now, as the hurricane came through, you don't deploy disaster relief units uh, right then, because then they, then they get caught up in the disaster. So, but what we had is, is a ring of little red dots surrounding where the hurricane was coming, already ready and ready to be deployed. And, and only networks and denominations can do things like that. So it's, there were literally hundreds of red dots. And then after the storm came through, they began to move into, uh, wasn't just New Orleans, but, you know, for that matter, parts of Mississippi and, and, and all around New Orleans, parishes around New Orleans. But right now, um, it's hard to mobilize because we don't know yet where the full measure of the crisis is. And moving around actually can cause difficulties. As a matter of fact, one of the things we did, this is yesterday, Christianity Today, we listed all of the ways churches are helping while maintaining social distancing. And it was fascinating. We had like 50 examples that we just asked churches to send in. So I think ultimately, right now, it's a local mobilization with sharing of ideas. So what you're doing to Hadi and others, we're sharing with ideas. Even this, we're sharing ideas with one another. But pretty soon, it's going to move beyond that. I mean, a few months from now, you're going to have, you know, millions of Americans have been exposed and had coronavirus a few months from now. Not millions of Americans have died, but millions of Americans have had it. And then still hospitals are going to be overflowed. But when you've had coronavirus and hospitals are overflowing, what an opportunity for you to say, I'm here to help. Or hmm. for you to say, use my facility. You know, again, we're shouldn't name the names of people who are doing this, but churches you know and institutions you know are right now talking to their local county health department about turning over their buildings as, now, you know, I look at your church behind you and it's probably not set up like that, but think of the flat floor buildings that, you know, were built in the, in the 80s, 90s and beyond then. All those might, you know, high point, same thing, not that way, but, but go to Saddleback or go to just a church, you know, whatever, you know, first Presbyterian First Baptist Church of what town with a flat floor that can very soon be transitioned into a hospital like facility. So again, I'm of the view, and I think it's important that pastors not miss it. This is not the crisis, but the crisis you, you ought to listen to the medical professionals. I know that sometimes people politicize these things, and I think that's I think I think a year from now we will look back on things that happened two to three weeks ago when when certain news organizations downplayed this, and hopefully there will be a reckoning that's there. 
But a lot of lives are going to be lost if we don't take this seriously and don't get ready for what's coming in just a few weeks. Yeah, I mean, especially, I mean, this is a, you know, as you know, as the people have already been saying, this is a pandemic, but this is global, obviously globally. Like, so there is no place like away. Like, this is yep. not a place where we can, like, you know, as your example talked about, like, where you can kind of circle around the outside. It's like, we're both in it, you know. So how do you, like, both be in it? Like, how do you decrease the spread of the coronavirus while at the same time trying to increase yeah. our shepherding of one another or increase our ability to, to be neighborly? You yeah, know, no, this, this, this is the tricky question. So we've been through worse as Christians, well, as, as people, we've been through far worse pandemics. I mean, you know, the Black Plague depopulated Europe by half. I mean, so we've been through far worse. Um, Christians have stayed and served in those times. And uh, Martin Luther actually has a fascinating thing where when you should go, when you should stay. But, but here's the thing. And even in our grandparents' lifetime, I guess with my great-grandparents' lifetime, the Spanish flu epidemic, you know, swept through, which is probably twice as bad as what we're dealing with now. Um, the difference in all of those things is they didn't know about vectors and disease transmissions. So what they didn't know is, is that by rushing into health, you actually can spread the disease. And so, so this, this is all new information. So some of the, the roadmaps we drove down in a past pandemic don't really work when you running into help to the nursing home is the very last thing you should do. So, so I think that's what we're trying to figure out is, and I think churches are figuring it out. So right now, I mean, I loved what, uh, uh, what's the name of that church? Uh, Lake Point Church is doing in Rockwall, Texas. They actually, you've seen those yard signs people put every once in a while in an advertiser Easter service. Their yard signs are, are self, are you isolated? We're here to help. Here's my phone number. People are putting it in their yards with their phone numbers so people can see and ask for help. Um, but, but here's the thing too, this flips, right? The, Pandemic is going to burn through our society. I mean, all the numbers we've seen, you know, blank million Americans are going to get this. And it doesn't mean all are going to die. You know, the mortality rate looks like it's less than 1%. Uh, but that's still a lot of people. You know, that's, yeah. that's a whole lot of people. Yeah. So what I would say is you're going to see, I mean, Tom Hanks is, is over this. And so, and, you know, we saw while we're recording this, Prince Charles just diagnosed. Well, you know, people are going to get over this and then they can help even more. I would also say too, that um, there are people who can help right now. Like for example, we're, what we're doing is we've got one car that we set aside for, we've got two cars, but we got one car that we're, the back section is gonna be for food. We're delivering it to marginalized people, um, but we're doing it in ways that, you know, I can go out, I can put this out here. I don't have to make, get six feet. I'm gonna say, this is, this is from your friends at High Point, High Point, High Point Send, and we love you. So there are ways to do this now while the pandemic rolls through Eventually, you and I are probably going to get it. And you know what? We're going to be fine. But a whole lot of people older than us and with other conditions are not going to be fine. So we want to minister to them. Yeah. So a couple of things. What, what can we learn, you know, as this, the, pan, the pandemic began, you know, in, on the East? And now we're starting to see that curve, you know, kind of on the, at least what's reported on the backside that even I heard as late as like in Wuhan, they are shutting down hospitals now um, in that area. So, I mean, how long, how long do you, do you predict that this will, will take place? How long do you predict like churches, you know, in terms of when we will begin to gather again? And then also, you know, what will be the new normal on that other side? Well, yeah. The first question, how long do I predict? I would be terrible at this. I would just say 
that the medical professionals, even the people from the Trump administration, Dr. Fauci, Surgeon General Adams, they're all talking probably social distancing for a long time to slow the spread, uh, maybe less meetings for weeks. President Trump, you know, he said Easter very controversial, controversially just recently. But I, I, can't ima- I can't imagine that there would be places in the United States where people can gather for Easter services. I don't imagine that will be Moody Church in Chicago. I, w- I hope it will be, um, you know, but, you know, I, I spoke at our empty 3,750 auditorium, seat auditorium. I got to tell you, that's, that's like being in Carlsbad Caverns and not having any, I mean, just there with just a video camera. Um, so I think we don't know. And a lot of it depends upon the spread of the virus. Um, you can get different signals from different people. You know, the Pentagon's spokesperson said, or one of the generals said yesterday that they're planning for maybe July to see things get back to normal. Um, you, you know, as, but as far as, as far as what churches should do, here's what I would say. Um, what we're doing at Wheaton College is what you might consider as a church. We're, we're planning the next month. This is terrible long-term planning, but we're planning the next month in the current month. So right now we're in March. So we've only made decisions for April. So pretty much we've canceled all events, conferences, whatever in April. And in April, pretty soon in April, we'll see if we're in a current situation or it's worsening. I mean, Surgeon General Adams said at the beginning of this week, um, this week it's going to get bad. I tweeted this week, you're probably going to learn of somebody you know being infected. And I know somebody personally infected now. You may, you may as well. And I, and I said, next month, you're probably going to know somebody who has died. And so we, we're still, we don't even know because we're still, we haven't even gotten to the bad part. Remember the picture that we talked about here earlier. Um, and I think people, they're, they're not always tracking the fullness of this. Let me share this one more time. Um, that look where we are in the crisis. We are here. We have yesterday, uh, Governor Cuomo said, we have not flattened the curve. What we're trying to do is trying to flatten the curve. We're trying to delay the outbreak. We are here. So a lot of things you don't know. I'm not an expert. Don't, por- don't pretend to be an expert. But here's what I would say. Um, I think even when things are released, right? You're in Atlanta. I'm in Chicago. We're in major cities. So I think if you're in a rural part of North Dakota, you might be different. So here's what you should expect going forward. This is I talked to a White House official, administration official, who said, even when it's lifted, First of all, governors will make different decisions and governors have full say of the health. Health health in America is largely a state issue and a county issue, not a national issue. So let's say President Trump says, all right, we're going to be open up Easter. I can tell you, governors in New York and Illinois and California, where the major cities of the country are three large cities, are not going to say that. I can say your mayor is not going to say that. And then what happens is we get a patchwork, which isn't terrible. It may be our reality for months is that, okay, you know, Florida's doing pretty good. You can meet in groups of 50. Uh, but, you know, Iowa's doing really bad. You can only meet group 25. But North Dakota, man, you can just do whatever you want. So what I would expect is a patchwork, and all of our SEM Network churches are going to need to be sharing ideas and information because if we can meet for fifty at 50 or maybe 25 for four weeks, what a great opportunity to move into a house church-like structure. You know, the, in the podcast I mentioned, Leadership and the Coronavirus, the most downloaded podcast is the one by Neil Cole, who's been doing house church for 30 years. And I said, tell all of us how to become house churches in a week. And so, so I would say you got to have that flexibility. Plan a month ahead with major events, and you're probably two weeks ahead with your church service and what kind of church service it will be. All right, so last question for you. Um, what's going to be the new normal? Like a oh, year yes, from yes, now, I never what, 
What, what's the new normal? You know, I think I think uh, everyone who predicts the future generally shows him or herself a fool. Because, um, you know, the new normal after the Spanish flu epidemic was pretty much the normal before the Spanish flu epidemic. So, you know, I, I have a pretty significant frame of reference. Paul Rader was the pastor of Moody Church during the time this all took place. And he preached a little bit on this. And he, he was a radio person. He would talk about the radio. But, you know, Moody Church was Moody Church in 1917. It was back to being Moody Church in 1920. Um, Here's what I hope's the new normal. Um, I hope that, you know, when I, I, I know you know that I'm a nerd, I played competitive chess in high school. And when you want to play a competitive chess game, the way you have to teach people, one of the ways to teach people is you remove the queen. So you take the queen out of the equation because what happens is inexperienced chess players, the queen's going over here, the queen's going over here, and the queen's zipping around the board, and you don't use your other players. All of us have just had the queen, the most powerful element in our church removed. That's the Sunday worship gathering. So, okay, what do we do in this time? Well, let's empower all the other wonderful pieces in play. You know, the knight, the bishop, the rook, the pawns. Now, again, I don't think people as knight worship book or worship or book with that or pawns, but here's what I would say is the new normal. I hope when we're through this other side is a church filled with empowered believers meeting in smaller communities who are on mission. And I think, you know, I did that Facebook Live that kind of went crazy viral. Uh, 100,000 people had watched it at the time of this recording. Um, and all I'm saying this, this is not a crisis of saving your church. This is not a crisis of even getting your church online. This is a crisis of our community. And the question is, how will we, as God's people, live on mission, not behind closed doors, like John 2019 says, but like John 2021 says, where Jesus says, as the Father has sent me, even so send I you. What I hope is the new normal is the stuff we've been talking about. You and I have been in this missional conversation. You're on our Missiologist Council, the SEND Institute. You're a partner with the SEND Institute. It wouldn't happen without the SEND Institute, the North American Mission Board. But what I would say is this, if, if, if the Lord in his kindness might grant us one great thing from this, it would be churches that are mobilized for mission and stay mobilized for mission even after coronavirus is gone. Amen. Uh, Matthew 9, 35 to 38 is still true. Luke 10 to the harvest is plentiful, laborers of you. Pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send out more laborers. And I pray that this may be an opportunity that God would ekbalo us. He would force us out, you know, of our comfort and we would see more mission, missional communities, missional um, gatherings, this people who are on mission for the glory of God. Ed, thank you so much. It is always a pleasure to, to, to touch base with you. Appreciate hey, thanks you. for the Send Institute. Thanks that you partner with us on. And thanks for letting us be a Send Network church. We're super excited. Our little part of it's High Point Send. And so we're passionate about planting churches and so thankful to be in partnership with the Send Network. God bless. You have been listening to We Are Send Network, a resource of the North American Mission Board. For more information about today's podcast and other relevant resources, visit sendnetwork.com.